But for example, when I go and uh, sit in front of a piano and I start to play the first tones, it, it just takes a few seconds and I'm um, in that world again where I'm connected to my emotions. It's all about connecting to uh, the own emotions. That's for me. And if I play a concert, it feels like that it's all about connecting to emotions for all the people who are coming. In this episode, I'm talking to pianist and composer Martin Herzberg. Martin, it's so lovely to talk to you. Hello, Petra. I've, I've been following you on Instagram and um, and seeing your your wonderful videos and also the the visuals of your concerts. So. Um, uh, but first, tell me, where are you based at the moment? I was born and raised in Berlin. Oh, wonderful. So, yeah, I still live here. And it's my home because all the people I love the most and have a long-term connection with living in Berlin. So that's my home. And I can, nothing, I can do nothing about it, actually. Really? A, a wonderful love and hate relationship with oh, this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But um, uh, so uh, you grew up there, and this is where you then started playing the piano. What how, what age were you when you started playing? I was eighteen years old. I was grown up actually when I started playing really? the piano. Yeah. That, by the way, that's the most common question uh, I'm asked also by uh, listeners. Uh, yeah. When do you started to play piano? Uh, I'm always a bit wondering why is this the first question to ask, uh, and then they always wonder uh, that I started when I was 18 years old, because yeah. people see something in me, I guess, that I don't see myself. They see uh, the the man who's able, who practice a lot the piano and who's worked hard for for it and stuff. But I am not that person actually. It's uh, it's just a projection. Oh, I started really? when I was 18 years old. I just uh, pushed the keys. I didn't have uh, um, <clears throat> uh, um, a teacher in the beginning, the first two years. Um, and I just did it. And I never practiced the piano as uh, uh, regular um, pianists do when they study the piano, for example. And I still have the feeling that people see me as a uh, as a, a studied pianist, but I'm far away from it, <laughs> really far away. I started when I was 18 and I played the violin before for 10 years, uh, but okay. I was always really bad with it because it was the wrong instrument for me, because I can be more creative on the piano, way more creative as you can write full songs on a piano yeah yeah but uh this is so this is wonderful because i uh you know this is the perception that we have that you you have to start at the age of four or you have to start at the age of six and you have to have this whole path that you have to study the piano and yet you come as an artist and you use the piano and you create and you um you Absolutely. I mean, seeing you play it, you can see the love that you have for the instrument. So I find that wonderful that you can tell this story. Mm -hmm. 
yeah there's, there's nothing but love for the instrument actually uh, but in the beginning I, I i thought i uh to call myself a, a musician uh i need a proper education for it and that's totally wrong actually you just need the law for the instrument and if you want to play four notes the whole life you can do that if you love it and you, all your songs uh, are only a container for those four uh, tones for example uh, then you are a musician at the end but it's so hard uh, for a, a, a young man or a woman or whatever who wants to um, uh, find their own role in the world, not to be driven by all the the pictures we have in our minds when 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 we start. It's nearly impossible. You have to find out for yourself that uh, there is nothing certain you need to be to become who you, who you want to be. Yeah. Oh, that is well. That's so true. And and I've actually spoken to a. Um... Uh, actor who also said the same thing that he studied architecture and that that he at a um, point just decided that it was acting that he wanted to do and he didn't have the formal training so mm -hmm. I'm totally with you you cannot define the, the artist just because of the time that they spend or the the um, the education part of it so um, you are you are an absolute wonderful example then of somebody who found his passion or found his way of expressing. So this is the way of you feel that this is the best way for you to express yourself. Um, yes, or one of the best ways. Uh, I think uh, there's always something to discover. And I discover, think I think I will discover even more ways of expressing myself. Um, but it's for me the most uh, in, intuitive one, and uh, yeah, and the the one I can inst instantly express myself. For example, listening to music or making music is like for me it's like um, <clears throat> getting in touch with myself. On a highway on the fastest way it's like sometimes even like instantly not always but for example when i go and uh, sit in front of a piano and i start to play the first tones it, it just takes a few seconds and i'm um, in that world again where i'm connected to my emotions it's all about connecting to uh, the own emotion that's for me and if i play a concert it feels like that it's all about connecting to emotions for all the people who are coming. And so in, with my music, it's not the music, it's just a medium uh, to give myself and the people who, who are listening uh, an opportunity to connect with themselves and then others. So the music, it's just something that comes along with it it could be something different as well uh, but that's uh, the medium i chose naturally yeah but do you think you uh, in in this way that you have you you have more freedom 
that that say sometimes you you hear the the part that's the educating so for example i've heard a photographer say that uh, it's when she started uh, studying photography that she realized or that that there's there was a lot of boundaries then for her that she wasn't so much um uh free to because she was constantly thinking oh no this this is probably wrong also so do you think this way that you are doing it is that you have the freedom and that you don't have those type of boundaries that comes with with the strict education of it mm, yes in the end i'm very thankful for uh, the way i uh, could approach the piano uh, that I, I didn't was forced into um, a certain teaching um, that I have to play the piano in a certain way. Uh, for example, also a music manager once told me uh, that they have a bit of a problem often with uh, artists that studied the piano for decades in a certain way beginning with teachers in their childhood, then transferring over to the masters at their universities and stuff. And that there often something is, is getting lost, although they are absolutely perfectly trained and perfect with playing the piano. And I'm in the end, I'm really lucky because um, I made it just for me, not to uh, um, fit in a certain role of a pianist of, or of a kind of uh, elite musician, because that's what people often connect the classical music to. And uh, yeah, that for me, it was really only about making music. And uh, we uh, just have a nice anecdote from a concert of mine uh, that happened a few days ago, actually. Um, uh, and at the end of the show, <clears throat> a person, I haven't been there, but this is the story, a person came up to a friend of mine who was also supporting us at the show at the entrance or the exit in this case. And uh, she said, ah, oh, it was horrible or something like that. Just four chords, or I think three, just three chords the whole time, just three chords. <laughs> so she was really enraged yeah. and that just three chords, chords and something like that. And uh, then she left without discussing it further. And that's a wonderful ex ex example. Um, <laughs> it's more than three chords, but I know what she meant. It was too minimal for her. And yeah, it's wonderful because the people who are sitting at my shows, they listen to the music uh, as I'm playing it, just with a half. Yeah. I don't give, I don't give a, <laughs> a peep how many chords there are. It's just, is it is it moving me? Is it making me vibrant? Is it making me feel alive, or is it not? And uh, I'm not interested to make intellectual music. Uh, intellectual music is is fine. It's like reading an intellectual book or seeing an intellectual film or playing chess if you want to, but that's not my discipline. Uh, 
and the person who was there was just at the wrong place at the wrong time yeah. because yeah. that was not my discipline that it's not what it's about for me and it may never will be because that's my passion um yeah to to fear that life as long as it's there because it's just a wonderful feeling to feel <laughs> yeah but it's it's true that you say you know it's it's just not for everybody you know if it, it's if it's not for somebody then then they should just not come or you know it's that it's your expression and your way and um, but i find it i find it wonderful that you have that individuality about it you know that it's your it's the way you express yourself it's the way you communicate the music and that you are not um sort of influenced by other ways and or uh bothered about the fact that it's not like you say so academic yeah yeah no it's it's not academic it's yeah. absolutely academic and um Mm, part of my ego sometimes wants also more uh, <clears throat> wants academic people to see more of my shows, for example. Um, sometimes it's like that. Why why are not all the people, all the different kinds of people coming to my shows? Because that's not the case. Not everybody is coming. Of course not. And um, sometimes my ego wants everybody to see or to feel what I'm doing. But then afterwards, I'm always thinking, oh, I, I, I do certain things for certain people because yeah. I'm a certain person, you know? And then it's fine again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a bit like that as well. I, and, and I believe you attract the people that you need to attract, you know, to, to what yeah. you are doing. So if, um, and, and I always, if, people don't like what I do, I always just think it's, well, it's not, they don't see what what uh, I'm showing or what I'm doing. So they can't understand it. So so that's also then fine. But, um, but your concerts are amazing. I mean, you just, the, the light and, and what you bring, it's, it's wonderful. What you're very creative in how you do your concerts, which I find also fascinating. I think it's more, it's not just the experience of the sound that you hear, but it's also the visuals that you have. Um, do you do this all yourself? I mean, do you do you create, do you see this when you do the music? Um, no, uh, I have big and wonderful help now. Mm -hmm. um, actually, not, not too long ago now, the, the, the light show is made by another great uh, Martin, <laughs> as I you can agree. say, Martin, Martin Heining, a mm -hmm. uh, wonderful guy who's making the light show now. Mm -hmm. And um, I also have a great uh, um, audio engineer now who's mixing the show and I have a great tour management and stuff. So I, I have a team now, but I was uh, touring for years uh, without really uh, professional help and uh, tour management, just with friends. It was a wonderful experience to do it with really good friends of mine, uh, but also in the end quite exhausting because it was just too much and overwhelming. And now I have the possibility to uh, cooperate with other artists because 
light show is also an art, sound is an art, yeah. and also organizing is an art form for itself. And um, I can, yeah, I can do this with other pre person now together, although I'm the face on stage. And uh, I, I let go. I, uh, we, we, we talk about a bit about the vision, but in the end, um, they do what they feel is good for the show. And I really trust them. And this gives me more space to play the piano and, and have a look at them at the music more and uh yeah and and before that it was just a few lamps on stage lights off lamps on and then i was playing piano, piano b b without any visuals and uh that's also fine because um uh, for me it's like i want to, con to connect with the people also by the things i'm saying i'm talking a lot on stage I want to find the right mixture of music and sad words. Um, but uh, yeah, it's for me, it's really important to talk to the people because um, that's, that's the two possibilities I have on stage. I can play music and I can talk to my audience. There are more possibilities, but not at my shows. So uh, yeah. And I, I, I love to connect as, as well with, with them. I want to know who is there, who is sitting there, and I want to hear them. And I love when people say, uh, scream, for example, who, who, who. <laughs> not if they're not only clap, clap but they, oh, if they, oh, okay. who, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're getting, or if somebody says something, <laughs> if it's not between the songs. So, yeah. uh, I want to invite the people more and I'm trying to get better in this uh, uh, subject as well to, to um, yeah, give them a chance to be part of the show, although they don't have to be. They can also sit just in silence and in darkness and enjoy the show, but they are invited to show themselves as well. So there's a lot of things I would want to find out and try in the future with them. That that's amazing. I mean, this is what I was be, have been talking about for for a while now. Is to uh, to, to ask um, musicians, for example, do you talk about the music? Because I think it's also important to talk about the music or talk what you are playing and and sort of well, not not tell people what to think, but to tell the story or to tell something where. It's almost for people who are not musicians to to just get that little um, spark, you know, mm. to start thinking, to get their ideas going. Because this is what I sometimes need in a in a concert, you know, or yeah, when when I hear music or even when I see an artwork, I sometimes just want to understand a little bit and then let my mind um, go. And I think it's wonderful that you do that. It's a wonderful mm. connection, not just through the music, but just through your talking as well. Mm. So do you do, uh, do you tell stories about your music or what exactly do you communicate there? <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I say a, a bit sometimes uh, what happened in between uh, how I feel, maybe. 
um, for example, that I was in the beginning of the last shows, I mentioned that I'm actually stunned that finally we can even meet again. <laughs> and now maybe <laughs> with a pause again. Uh, but uh, that I nearly have forgotten how it felt to, to be on a stage. And I also had forgotten how it felt to see a concert myself. And uh, we always had to uh, postpone all the, all the concerts again and again and again. And in the end, I was totally disconnected to this experience. And then it happened again, and it was there again. And I uh, thought, uh, okay, we are still fighting for something here that we nearly have forgotten because we get used to situations. We, the people even get used to war situations in other countries uh, where it's even uh, worse, where, the, where, where they have a really tough life. They get used to it and forgot, forget what freedom once felt like if they have ever witnessed it. And with the live shows, it's a bit like this, the same. We beginning how that we once had the, to forget that we once had the freedom to, to go into a place where a lot of people are sitting or standing or even dancing right next to each other. And, but it was there. Back then it was there. It, it, not too long ago, long ago, although now it feels to me that it was really long ago, but it was there. And we, it's great not to forget and to re remind oneself. And that was was happening for me when I played these shows the last months. Uh, it was a big reminder. Yeah, is it was there. And let's try that it, uh, that it is like that in the future again because it's so wonderful yeah 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 this is this is also something that i um think about is that how we appreciate this now more you know that how we just accepted it always but now appreciate it um, mm. these concerts going to the concert as an audience member and of course for you also a different feeling when you when you get the opportunity again yes but, yeah, but in this time, did you experiment a lot? Did you find this time um, sort of that you grew in, in a way because you had more time in a different way as a musician? Um, I had more time as a person, not mm -hmm. as a musician, actually. So uh, I, I, I made new music, but very um, meditative sensual and um, um, calm stuff actually because I needed to calm down myself. I would consider myself to be a bit in a midlife crisis. So I'm, I'm getting new perspectives on a lot of things on the past, uh, present, but also a bit of the future, I hope, but it's more about past and present actually to um, let go of certain images I have for myself and to open up more for for um, new things and so to be in a crisis is uh, often really 
uh, needs a lot of energy and time and space. And um, I think th th these crazy times we are in right now, uh, they enforced this process. And uh, because I was confronted even more with these things that wanted to be seen. And I got the feeling that it's not only happening to me, that there are a lot of people out there <laughs> who are more confronted with their um, with parts of themselves they consciously or unconsciously hide were hiding before. And uh, so I see it as a huge chance, chance actually. Um, so I was more growing up as a person. And I think in the end, my music will al also reflect that and something new will come out of it. And I'm, I'm now I'm starting again to really be inspired and I want to branch out in some new uh, directions also. For example, to sing more, I want to sing more. Oh, wow. So um, to make more songs with vocals, maybe I do even do a full vocals album one day where I'm singing all of the songs. Wow. That's what the people expect singing actually, but um, that's what wants to come, come out of me, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, I think you are right about this, that people have had time to think a lot and also, like you say, confronted by things that we don't always have time to think about or that life has has stood still for a while to to deal with all these things but this is amazing that you um see it as that new things started because i see this time period as well as where new things are born from this you know and that i think that the music industry would and and art itself would give us so much more now um because people have this time to reflect and and maybe discovered new things about themselves that you now say that you can um, do vocals with your yeah. your music as well. That's amazing. So and and you did you always know you had a good voice to sing? Uh, no, I hated my voice in the beginning. Really? Yeah, uh, like ten years ago, when I started to sing a bit, mm. uh, it's like, like uh, I'm not a singer. And I've, I'm, sometimes I still think I'm not a singer. I, actually, I do not practice to sing. I mm -hmm. should, of course, I could be a better singer then. Mm -hmm. um, but um, uh, yeah, I, I, for example, when people say they listen to their to a recording of their own voice, if they just say something, not singing, just saying something that they are afraid of their voice or thought because our inner voice sounds so different from the one yeah. here. And um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the process to, um, to really embrace what we are also and to uh, not to, um, to try to, to, to change what we are to others for example <laughs> with that inner voice yeah. and that's so tough it's always also tough for me when i when i sing on stage now i'm singing just two songs 
out of 20 songs maybe I play at a show, just two. And um, especially when I write a new song where I'm singing, uh, I'm so insecure because I hear my own voice break. I hear that it's not actually, it's not as good as the voice of real singers that people are used to when they go to a concert where a person is singing. You hear that I'm not that good. You hear my insecurity. You hear that I am not a singer, actually. And this makes me really afraid. But uh, at the same time, I think, uh, yeah, I, I do this also for, for me. I want, I don't want, I just, I don't want to be just a performer, just an entertainer. The stage is a part of my story. And if I want to sing on stage, I have to sing on stage. And I know that the most of the people are coming because of my piano stuff. And that's 90% of the show. And that's what they are getting. And that's good because I promised them I will play the piano and I play the piano and I like it. But uh, to, to keep them open for other, other um, possibilities. And I always say, um, if you like my singing now, because I'm going to sing a song for you now, if you like my singing, it's all good. If you don't like my singing, it's also all good because afterwards I play a piano song again. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, and everybody's a winner then. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm try how I try to uh, discover new things, by, but still um, um, giving my audience what they expected and uh, mm -hmm. can expect from a show of mine. But I think this is amazing. I think this is actually what art is about. It is to to show that vulnerable side as well, and to to show you know to to do what you feel that has to come uh, to expression. That that I think is wonderful, and and maybe you know it's like we talked before. Maybe it is the the rules of society or the rules or there are too too many rules um, in art. You know that prevent people or make people um, not have that freedom to express themselves in that way. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. I would love to uh, come to one of your concerts. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Would would love to if you would also come in Vienna. You are in Vienna, right? I'm in Vienna. Yeah. Are you coming uh, to Vienna? Think, uh, I think in April. Really. Um, I think in April we are coming to Vienna. Also had to postpone all these shows there. Yeah. Um, but we are coming also to Austria. Uh, I would uh, love to. Yeah. yeah. It's happening soon. But uh, one thing you, you said about art, and yeah. I'm, as I'm thinking about it now, um, maybe art, music, painting, lyrics, uh, um, or um, prosa or what whatever art there exists, uh, you could define also art as uh, just letting go of all the rules even more and more and more. Yeah, until there is no rule anymore, 
and this sounds yeah, way easier it's way easier said than done actually mm -hmm. it's really really tough to uh, to yeah to get rid of all the constructions we have about art because we always want people also to um um how do you say Conform, um, almost yeah to also to understand it yeah uh, but at the same time be real in it yeah you that they understand it but at the same time it's it's uh, a true expression yeah <laughs> that's 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 the art form and art itself i guess yeah. yeah, well, I've um, I've spoken to also a young um, violinist, and he's said that the pressure, the pressure to be so perfect, uh, has made him lose the interest in his instrument. And this, for me, is very sad to think that that pressure that artists, you know, that that people have put on art has now made that one person is now not so eager anymore to play the instrument. And I think that is a very sad, a sad thing because we never know what comes from people, you know, what people can, can give to art or as a form of art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, mm. it's, it's a huge collective trauma, actually, that, uh, by from one generation to the other, uh, the the kids are put in a certain role that they always have to free them themselves from, <laughs> and yeah. uh, it's it's tough. It's really sad, actually, uh, that they are that we are in 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 some way are pressured in certain roles that we need that we have the feeling that we need to fit in. Yeah. And we get on where does this feeling come from? It comes from each other. We are all supporting that feeling in a way. You need to fit in now you and you and uh, often our whole surrounding is saying to us, you need to fit in. That means also that we are saying to others that they need to fit in. So it's and, and to to uh, reverse that process, you don't need to fit in. And people say, you, you be free, you don't need to fit in. I think that's one of the greatest tasks mankind has to uh, approach now. It's, yeah. it's really, really, really important. We could save the world with that stuff, actually, yeah. without so sounding too pathetic. But that's what it actually feels like because then uh, it's it's not so much about economics in the end we we uh, don't um uh, for it's <laughs> these topics are also connected to climate change to gender equality it's all connected to that stuff because we yeah there's so much we, we could find out how less we would need to be happy if we just free ourselves uh, exactly. with, with the help of one another. That's what yeah. I really truly really believe in. Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you this from a, from a photography point of view. Um, so I, for example, I don't believe in editing 
you know, I, I, I would edit in the sense that I will manipulate the light a little bit, or, or, you know, if I if it was a situation where it was to my underexposed or so, but editing faces I don't uh, prefer to do. And in this time, it's a very difficult uh, standpoint because people want their pictures to be as, you know, uh, unnatural as possible. Mm. And in my photography that I, when I photographed the artists in the windows, for example, I never edited the buildings. I, if there was a hole in the building, I left it there. If there were marks on the walls, it, and I'm, also, the artists in the windows, I didn't do anything to it. I just left it as natural as possible. Yet these people are so beautiful in their natural, just naturally. You know, some of them didn't even have big hair and makeup and things. It was just naturally how they were in these windows. Mm. And then if I compare it sometimes to the profile pictures that is so overly edited that you don't sometimes don't even recognize the faces. And, and I think that's also a way of pressure. You know, it's also this pressure of how perfect uh, do you want your appearance to be? And that spills over into the art or the, the, the perfection from the art spills then over to that you're not even happy with your appearance. And I found that very sad because I think we have, people are beautiful in a natural way, in their natural beauty and in, age and things like that and I think we are also pressure you know putting pressure on things like that like the the appearance of things yeah it's mm. sad yeah uh, exclamation mark it is absolutely sad uh, it's uh, it's um yeah you, you can't say that enough because I do not own and I don't think I know a single person who is not um, challenged by the impact, for example, of um, self-representation on the internet, of Instagram, of Facebook. Uh, and the people I talk to, they all know. They all know it. They all say, Facebook gives me a bad, or Instagram, it gives me a bad feeling and I'm addicted to that stuff and addicted to likes. And uh, it's, there's so much fake going on. Everybody knows, knows it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody is angry about it or, uh, <clears throat> um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Say the German word. <laughs> Everybody, uh, um, <laughs> now the, even the German word <laughs> doesn't come <laughs> to my mind anymore. Uh, all my language is gone. <laughs> uh, no, but everybody is angry about these facts, yeah. but still we but are. They do. And yeah. that is sad, actually. Yeah. And we need to, <laughs> to give that kind of a moment of silence to really embrace the fact yeah. that it, it is actually sad. And that is said that we know, but we do not really act upon it. We do, we don't do anything about it. Yeah. So, uh, and we should, we should do something about it. We really should think about how we use a filter or what to post or, uh, 
if we if it's not even a bit better if um, without posting a new picture of mine with a filter on it or stuff, I call a good friend of mine and say, uh, I'm sorry that we haven't spoken for so long. And I want to tell you uh, that it's, uh, yeah, beautiful that you are still in my life. Let's meet. Yeah. Although there may be some things we haven't spoken about because it uh, was too, um, we were too afraid about it to reconnect. But instead, we look at our phones and next, 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 or uh, yeah. we look at TikTok, which is even more horrible. What, what, a, what a horrible app. It's, it's just insanely bad. Yeah. And yeah. that's what we do. And we become these zombies. And we all know it. Mm -hmm. We all know it. It's, it's common sense. But we still don't do anything about it. And that is sad. <laughs> Let's yeah. see. That's my small rant here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I, I see I'm pretty angry about it, actually. Yeah, yeah. but I, I mean, I think, no, I totally agree with you. But I think if social media, so I, I could reach a lot of people on social media with my project. And this is why I do this, yeah. because I think this is what social media has the advan advantage of. But I also think it's like you say, you know, if um, if if we could use it in a positive way to to um, educate or to to make things aware, it's like I would not have been able to know about you had it not been for Instagram, for example. And I yeah. can now see, even though I haven't been at your concerts, I can see what it's like and it's inviting and it's yeah. that I think is a wonderful thing. But yeah, I think I think people should be more real on on Facebook because I I must honestly say all the all the artists that I photographed unedited are so beautiful because I can see the personalities, you know, and I can see the real person in that window. And I think this is why these pictures for me are so precious because it's so real. And I think it's the realness that in art as well, I think that is what speaks. Um, so that was, that's what we have to continue doing, I believe. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but Martin, yeah. now I want to know about your chocolate love, because you you're <laughs> you're a chocolate lover. Um, <laughs> uh, I am. I want to eat less chocolates. Oh, okay. I heard once from a friend friend of mine the Germans eat twenty kilograms of chocolate each year. They are the world champions in eating chocolates. Really. <laughs> And I am part of that world championship team. Yeah. But I don't want to be anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but what I would like, like to, eat, to eat more healthy, and there's uh, still a, a lot of work to do that yeah. uh, I, I, I'm allowed to do and looking forward to. Oh, yeah. okay. But, but do you eat dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Uh, milk chocolate. Okay, because if you eat dark chocolate, there are some health benefits to that. So you can switch. Dark <laughs> chocolate as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's, it's, um, and, and, and do you eat, I mean, are you a sweet tooth? Do you eat sweet things overall or is it just the chocolate? Uh, I, I eat, if I would uh, 
switch from the amount of sweet things I eat to the amount of healthy things I yeah. eat, then I would eat really healthy. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, I'm, I, I'm, I, uh, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I eat a lot of sweets. Yeah. But uh, it's, it, it's, it's changing because I'm in the middle of my life, maybe somewhere in the middle. Maybe. Yeah. And I'm really in love with life, actually. And I really in love with my body because it carries me through that life. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I want to share it, cherish my body even more. So that means not, not so many sweets, Martin, and not so many pizza and stuff. Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> but now over Christmas, you should, you should wait till New Year because over Christmas, I mean, it's, there are too many lovely things to have. Over Christmas, that's sweet. Yeah, exactly. I will start at the first of January, January two thousand twenty-two. Yeah. yeah, you you have to you have to have stolen first before you can stop eating uh, yeah. sweets. Yeah, there's a there's a lovely baker in in uh, Munich who bakes stolen for the Queen, so maybe you can have your sweet stolen there yeah. from him. Yeah. <laughs> in winter it's also fine to to eat chocolate and stuff because it's so gray so gray yeah. and dark now also with this corona situation stuff is even more gray and dark so we have the license to eat chocolates even now yeah <laughs> like james no, Bond, with chocolate not with killing we have yeah. the license to do it and uh to get through this um yeah crazy time again where we yeah. finally hopefully soon uh, enough will uh, switch over to another phase yeah yeah so um but tell me now what what do you do before a concert what do you how do you do you have little rituals before you go on stage um yes i'm trying to be alone at least 30 minutes before in a, in a room, room where i am alone one hour is even better um, depending on how much st stuff is to do still on stage or if I have eaten before already and um, I stretch my body a bit I will stretch it even more in the future but that's what I'm getting used to more and more to do a bit of yoga and um, yeah and, and being a silence that's 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 good and yeah. sometimes I'm also sometimes just sometimes I'm also listening to music, which pushes me in, in, a, in a vibrant state. Okay. Uh, yeah. So where I'm really that is really acting activating me um, <clears throat> to to be ki kind of uh, in a in a in a in a fighter mode actually. Really. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, like what type of music? Um. And energetic music, uh, like uh, sometimes um, uh, pop, electro, or uh, oh, even yeah. EDM. Even EDM. I, I'm, I really like uh, also a lot of mainstream stuff that has a kind of certain rhythms or uh, an epic song by Niels Fram is, is sass. 
that always this song always brings me in a really vibrant and powerful new mood that I want to carry on stage. It's like really, it's really pushing you on, on stage. You're really pushed by this kind of music and um, carried through, yeah. uh, I would say, yeah. And, um, and, and the meal, did you have a meal before the performance or do you, uh, do you have yeah. it on an empty stomach? In the past, I, I always often forgot to eat, actually. Really? But there was so much to do for me because I uh, didn't have the, the support I have now. Um, we had, I had to drive the car. I had to build up all that stuff. I had to talk to people from the venue. Um, <clears throat> I had to, um, with friends of mine, of course, they helped me out, but we had to do it all by our own. So I often forgot how to eat, uh, to eat because there was no time. Um, and now it's, um, uh, we have, um, how do you say, uh, <laughs> there's, um, catering, for example, oh, I see. Okay, yeah. or, or two manager, uh, order some food for us and stuff. So it's all, it's all good now. Um, but, uh, it, it, it needed to be good now as well as, because I, I, um, if I would have continue to work like this, I would be, would be a victim of my, would have been a victim of my own burnout. I would burned out and I was close to it actually. Yeah. So, uh, it's prevented now. <laughs> um, yeah. but, uh, things have to change. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's wonderful that you collaborate also and that you give other people also that creative input in your performances. This yeah. is, yeah. But now I'm a girl, I have to ask you this. What do you wear? Do you, how do you choose your outfits for the performance? Do you have specific things that you, you know, do you style it now according to how you play and the lighting and so on, or do you just go with it? Um. I just have, I have a few th suits that I have. Mm -hmm. And now I just have a black, black suit. Yeah. Uh, look a bit of, had a bit of Asian inf influence. Yeah. A bit like a, it's a, it's a mixture of a priest and the Zen master, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And that's the suit I'm always wearing because I don't have to decide what I'm wearing on stage. I just wear mm -hmm. the same suit each concert. And it's like, like the, um, a Ritterrüstung, what's in English? What's the Ritter? Yeah, in, in... Um, um, a knight, like a knight right. armor. Yeah, yeah. That's my knight armor. I oh, always okay. put it on and then yeah. I'm in knight armor fight mode. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's a... I don't have to think about it anymore. It's wonderful. It's just wonderful yeah. to have. And maybe I change the suit uh, next tour. We see, but I really like yeah. it actually. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, but, and um, sometimes I'm also thinking about what would it feel like if I don't change dresses. Yeah. If I don't change my dress, it has pros and cons. For example, um, there's a, a certain culture is, is off the show because the people also sometimes like to dress in a certain way when they come to a show and it's part of the culture. 
And yeah. if they say, okay, the artist also comes with a dress, it's part of our culture. We celebrate something with that culture. And on the other hand, if you say to the people, um, forget about the things you're wearing, just come with your heart and mind and forget about uh, what you want to look like. I do it the same way. It also has a, another, it's another culture. Yeah. Another culture. Maybe uh, I'm <clears throat> inviting the people to certain shows. Please don't give a fuck about the things you are wearing. I do the same. Yeah. That also brings, gives the show a per certain mindset, uh, which can be quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think so. This is also what some artists have been saying, you yeah. know, that sometimes it, people are maybe intimidated also when they go to a concert and everybody is yeah. so dressed up. And um, but on the other hand, it's also part of the part of the like you say, part of the culture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I think maybe it's also your signature then, your signature outfit. Like you know, mm. you'll be recognized by that specific way of dressing that can also be yes yeah, yeah. the people yeah. think we remember the look yeah. um marketing for example if you yeah. have a certain look or a certain graphic design and and stuff that's 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 marketing it's it's easier to be remembered and to uh yeah to know what a person is, is doing and and, and stuff uh, but that's actually just a marketing yeah. to, um, yeah, in the, in the end, it's, in the end, I, I would love to go on stage without putting on any other, <laughs> of course, I wouldn't play naked, yeah. Yeah, but I I, uh, the things I'm just wearing, I think uh, it could also change the music I'm playing. Mm -hmm. If I, if I can go on stage and uh, I, I think to myself, the people won't be angry with me that I'm not wearing my fine suit today. They like me without the fine, shiny suit. Hmm. Okay, if they like me without that fine, shiny suit, then I don't need to be afraid that I uh, make mistakes in my song or push the wrong keys. Hmm. If I don't need to be afraid that I'm of making mistakes and put push the wrong keys, then I can really enjoy my music. Hmm. If I'm really enjoying my music, maybe the people are also enjoying the concerts then? Yeah. Hmm. And that's what it's actually all about. Yeah. And it's actually always all about not to forget forget about it, because we construct so many uh, uh, things that makes us f forgetting about. Uh, uh, let us accept ourselves and each other. Yeah, it's, it's really important. Actually, it's, uh, yeah. it's a really a passionate topic of mine it's right now as well. But I think also in the future, it's it's a really important. Uh, question how can we show ourselves to others and be seen and vice versa and the stage is has on stage 
all the stages in the world, if it's politics, economics, environmental, or art, or music, have a certain responsibility to uh, inspire people in this direction. Yeah, That's what I would say. It's our responsibility as artists to uh, help ourselves and others to be more free and therefore more loving and caring for ourselves, uh, others, and um, yeah, the whole environment. Yeah. But, you know, I, I spoke to a, a young um, pianist, Charlie Albright, uh, from America, and he was telling me that he, the first concert he did in uh, Carnegie Hall, he wanted to do an encore, and he decided to do Great Balls of Fire. And um, he he was nervous to do it because it's Carnegie Hall and he did these concerto. And after it, uh, he he just decided he's going to take the risk and he played as an encore um, Great Balls of Fire. And he said the people were standing and clapping and just uh, so delighted that he did it. And it was a risk. And I, and, and I was also thinking, yeah, because it's Carnegie Hall and it's almost like you think, what is the rules there? You cannot play uh, Great Balls of Fire on the piano. But mm -hmm. it's this type of thing, you know, that it's it's your your the, the artist that that has that freedom to do it and then suddenly the people in the audience also uh stood up and and you know expressed themselves through hearing how he played it so it's it's completely right what you are saying it's these rules that that shouldn't be there really yeah it's, and, and that doesn't mean that culture shouldn't be there culture no. is powerful that we that if we if we if we cultivate the certain behaviors, for example, rituals, it is a ritual also to go uh, in a certain way to a certain place to do certain things. It gives us a hold, it holds us. Rituals are uh, giving us security and stuff. But at the same time, it's, it's, it should be the, the ritual uh, and not the pressure who is the uh, uh, motivation for it. And so we always have the freedom to 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 stay who we or to 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 show who we really are as um, a producer audience or contributor or participant in whatever way in life yeah yeah no that's true but now um the uh, very important question now is what do you drink after a performance wine or beer um yeah, I, I don't drink alcohol because it's it's not my cup of tea, actually. It oh, just, I see. Okay. Yeah. It's just not my taste. That's all. Oh, okay. There's nothing more behind it. Yeah. Um, so how do you wind down then after a performance? Um, yeah, it's chilling with people who drink beer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 For example, in in December, we it was it should be the first time in December where we uh, tour with the tour bus, so we have more time in the mm -hmm. different cities to calm down and chill and spend some time at the place and with each other and from after or before a show. Yeah. 
uh, <clears throat> it's postponed now to April, this tour, but it will happen again. Um, I just want, uh, uh, normally after a show, I just want uh, to chill um, with, uh, uh, with my crew and, and to, to get closer to them and getting to know them a bit better if, and just to calm down in, a, in, in, in this family surrounding. Yeah. Uh, there are so many people and then I want to calm down and go back to the family. Um, yeah. Yeah, because this is this is something that your your adrenaline, of course, is um, a very heightened when after a performance. So this is also yeah. this time that you have to just calm down and. Yeah, it, it, no, it's also great to to be in a, in this in an energetic party mode, but yeah. uh, I want to to do whatever I want to have it with people I know. Mm -hmm. This feels. Yeah, feels more healthy, good for me. It's just what I what I want after show, yeah. uh, because I I show myself quite vulnerable, 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 yeah, yeah. vulnerable on stage. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, what uh, be important to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Martin, um, just a last question now. What is your wish? What is your uh, wish for the future? For myself or for everybody yeah. or yeah. Anything, a wish that you have. Um, <laughs> my wish would be um, that um, we support each other a bit more to have a, a, a look inside um, that we uh, support each other, that we get closer to each other and um, have that healing look inside. For example, why am I getting angry sometimes? Um, <clears throat> why do we have certain kinds of behavior? And what is missing, and to find out what's missing, and afterwards, um, yeah, completing that whole of us uh, in in healing ourselves with the help of, of of each other. I don't want to sound too spiritual because I'm a huge fan of psychology, also, uh, and the natural laws of psychology, and also. Uh, bits of spirituality and stuff um, but that what it feels really logical to me if we uh, know why we have certain fears and emotions that uh, we can yeah act differently and and in a more um, uh, how do you say and we can protect each other and the world a bit more if we know why we do the things that we do, why we do the toxic stuff, or why we do the uh, the the stuff that is more loving. And we can, yeah, 
we can uh, support in each other in discovering ourselves. That's my, that would be my wish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a wonderful wish. And I, I agree with you there. I think it's sometimes we don't always, um, we sometimes react without thinking what the other person could have gone through. And, um, yeah. and that is something that, yeah. But, but also, I think when you have inner peace, then it's also easier to understand um, yeah. others, yeah. But, um, yeah, well, this is a beautiful wish. Um, and I, I agree with this wish of yours. I wish it, I, I wish it too for us as a, as a society. And, and I think as um, now, especially now in this time, I think it's so important that we do that. Let me think about yeah. that. Yeah. Mm. Martin, this was so lovely to talk to you. Really. I, yeah, thank you for your time. Yeah, no, it was yeah. wonderful.